This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, Raw Miserable, and this is episode 171, Bridesmaids. Yeah, I'm taking my rage out by playing GTA 5 while we do this podcast. So uh, if Pat starts cursing the game, he'll know exactly where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just... just uh, Two straight years of this shit. Two. Well, two. Two, two, two straight two, years. Two two straight years in the co- in the conference finals. How's that? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, hooray! Hooray! So Red Bulls needed two goals to force extra time. Didn't get any regulation, and then of course just had to make things interesting in stoppage time. <laughs> Abon. Gets his first professional playoff goal, and Bradley Ray Phillips misses the goal by inches. Although it probably wouldn't matter anyway because he was actually offsides. Um, so yeah, what a fun game that was! That was a real treat. It was oh, a real yeah. treat. It was a real treat being in the cold. Yeah, I, I can only <laughs> I imagine. That. I was I was at home three beers deep. I can't imagine what it was like being at the game. I think I, was, I have to deal with it. Wonderful. I think I was even more beers deep. <laughs> Yeah, I'll try not to get drunk because I actually yeah. had to write something. So. Yeah, I don't have um, a wife. I don't have a wife or any of those responsibilities. So, well, the wife wasn't the issue. It was writing for the site. So, I mean, that's <laughs> eh, not important. T- take that for what it will. Um, but let's uh, just get into this game because we're we're talking this game. We're doing our season wrap up stuff all in one shot, and we have Frank Giassi coming on later, to talk to us. So let's start with this game. Uh, like and dislike, Pat. We'll start with you. What did you dislike the most about this? <sighs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess the the big dislike would have to be obviously that yeah, just you said it in the header. This is the second time this happened. That was heartbreaker, and um, you know, in, in past two years, um, you know, it was rough. So, it, and to have it come so close to the end to like get everybody really excited right there at the end, you know, it just yeah, it was a tough thing to go through, and then you gotta. In one respect, you almost got to be even matter with like uh, as bad as that miss was, or you know how close it came with Ray Phillips. I mean, if you watch that replay, you know, just say let's just say pretend for the sake that it would have been onside. Uh, you know, Sean Ray Phillips. You know, don't. Well, I mean, you're gone now. It sounds like, and you're probably not coming back. But uh, you know, he's just standing there raising his hands. I mean, if he had charged that ball, he may have been able to tap it in there for the uh, the two goals. So. That that's uh that's my big dislike overall is just you know having to suffer through this uh, especially when we had such a promising team this year so there you go uh, I think we'll talk about uh, Sean Wright Phillips later in the show right we will like it's third segment so uh, won't bring bring that up but biggest problem was that this team did not come out uh, all guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a, a listener mail that's going to address that too. And I think that was a, a big issue was that this team 
never seemed to play desperate until they scored a goal in stoppage time. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started to play desperate. Um, you can't play like that. You can't play like that for 90 minutes, but to play that for the final minute of the game, not, not so good. It just, they had absolutely no answers in the final third. Uh, there was a, there was lack of passing from Sasha and Grella trying to, Grella again trying to dribble through three guys and then do nothing with it because he would just turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just more of the same that we saw in Columbus. It was the same kind of game, just bad playing, bad turnovers, nothing going on. Nothing, nothing. It's really tough when the crowd it gets out of it so quickly. I mean, South Ward, you know, uh, you, you, we tried to hang in there for as much as possible, but there's times where even we're lost because you're sitting and looking at a two-goal different deficit going to the second half what can you do mm-hmm. I mean, just life just gets sucked out of you when you're sitting there cold the team's giving you absolutely nothing to cheer for it's it's tough it's just a very very tough way to lose a game at home with the chance to host the mls cup it re- it it hurts it really really hurts oh yeah yeah um i i think Part one of the biggest problems, and this is my dislike, it was the in-game management. Um, I, I had said on Twitter through the, the Once Metro handle, uh, probably about like 25 minutes in, that Verone should have been in the game at that point. I, like I don't care it's the, if it's the first half and you only have three subs. You're down two nothing in a must-win game. Your offense is giving you nothing. Grello's just getting is either playing himself out of position or getting shut down. At just you know. You have to shake it up. You can't afford to let it keep going. And Jesse Marsh, and I, I get you know the idea of sticking by your guys, the people that got you there. But I mean, I think most of us would agree that while we like Rella, Verona is probably a little bit better on the ball. And it like you, you saw what happened once he came, once he and Avon came in, and that you know with in like the seventy fifth minute, it was just like all of a sudden a light or a, um, a switch got flipped, and this team all of a sudden had some pressure, uh, you know, some some legs to it and had some energy. But that. If you make that sub in the first half, you give yourself a better chance of of scoring. And then, and on top of that, then you so you bring Verona in, but you take out uh, who was it, Kamar Lawrence, who I don't think was hurt at all. Why is Salzizo in the game when Lawrence is not? When Lawrence is honestly a much better attacker, even as a defender, because Zizo has more experience as an attacker than than Lawrence does. But yep. Lawrence, but the but. The whole year, our fullbacks getting the attack, so it's not like it's, Why, not, well, it's a weird thing for them. But we're talking one year as compared to a career. Yeah, I think you have to go with the guy who spent most of his career playing at the midfield and not on defense. Mm-hmm. All right, but then so then eventually a bond comes on, I think for Zizzo, and then I forget who the third sub was. I'm sure, sure I'm sorry, who he came off for, but then Verone drops it to a left back position. I, I'm like, sure that that was just for uh, situational. But like he, he was at one point, he was behind. He was with the back line behind the half field mark. Like you're you're down to nothing. What is, what is your one of your your designated player, a, a supposedly a really good offensive player, and we've seen that he can he can do stuff. Why why is he sitting back there? Play three men in the back. Don't do a four man back line at the point. You, you defense doesn't matter. Scoring matters. Why don't it's you just, ask our guest? I, the second I, segment. I think we will. <laughs> All right. You should write that down, and you should ask Frank when he comes on. I don't think I need to write it down. But anyway, let's. Uh, if anything positive out of this one, Truman, what 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 do you see out of this? 
The defense didn't give up up a goal. Yeah. The defense played, you know, and I'm going to combine Robles with the defense. Robles and the defense played a pretty damn good game, and they kept their team in it the entire time. They had a couple gaps here and there, as all teams will in every game. But uh, you couldn't really scream at Zubar for most of this game. They they held in. They gave their team a chance to win for 90-plus minutes, plain and simple. So, I mean, we can get mad at the team offensively for the way they went out, but uh, the defense did play their hearts out in that game, and I, I, they get huge props for that. Uh, hmm. <coughs> what did I like about this game? Uh yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, I guess you guys say the same thing. I mean, just, you know, the defense, they, they, it wasn't over until it was over, you know, and, uh, you gotta, it could have been over in the first 10 minutes. And if that were the case, you know, uh, it would have been, maybe it wouldn't have hurt so much, but, you know, it's always, I think, nice to have that hope going longer than it did. So uh, I'm going to agree there. Just, uh, you gotta like the way the defense played. I think I make it three for three. Um, ish, uh, there was on the field, there was nothing positive except for the defense. So that that's it. That's all I can say. I I mean, you know, maybe the crowd. I, I know they pushed the start, but their start time back half an hour to account for the security lines. But so let's say this: the the overall crowd, and you know, uh, the South Ward always sounds great uh, because the TV crews always mic up the South Ward, and that's not to say that they aren't good because I've been in there. I've you know I. Enjoy in the South Ward. I enjoy the South Ward in general, but I think overall there was an energy in that stadium at the beginning of the game that wasn't there most of the season because there was more people there to actually witness the game, which is kind of you know not surprising because it's a playoff match. But it's nice to see that you know we can actually fill the stadium off. I thought it was funny that some tool uh, posted in a Smurf fan page that he was at the game and he was like, "Look at all the empty seats." It was like an hour and a half before the game started. So he he thought he was going to be clever and post a picture of empty seats when uh you know the ga- the game was well over an hour before starting. <laughs> Good job, you guys got some smart fans over there. Yeah, well, real smart fans. Yeah, and I love how they're like getting out the whole like yeah, there's still no cups. I'm like you just fucking started and your first season sucked. Like, yeah. All right, so uh, we actually do have some uh, listener stuff. So that's so first is a, a tweet from at Prez Clint Deuce whose Twitter avatar is Clint Dempsey's mad face, because why not? Uh, he says, only beef was procrastination to heighten attack on an otherwise even match. And I think that it's going to lead right into our listener mail. Yep. So uh, we actually uh, we have a few emails, but I'm going to save uh, the rest of these for the end because they're more of a general overall season things. But So uh, Diego, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to screw your name up, so please forgive me. Uh, Diego Pazimo? Pazmino. Pazmino, that's okay. That's probably closer, right? Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be a Red Bull rant without me screwing up her name. So, uh, so he says for the first seventy minutes of the game, the Red Bulls played like they had already had a goal in the game. Opportunity after opportunity to cross the ball, and they passed it back into Felipe or Dax. Kamar, for the great season he had, played without confidence. There was no overlapping surges, no crosses from him. Zizzo seemed to run out of gas real quick. Miyazaki gave the ball away as much as he did in game one. Thank goodness for Robles, as they could have been out of the game way earlier. The season was great, and my expectations were surpassed tenfold. That makes this loss so much worse. The cup was ours to lose, and sloppy mistakes cost us. Well, two bad plays and lack of goal scoring. Plain and simple. <laughs> Guy, um, they played four. I, I, man, I drove this point home that night. Uh, they played four playoff games. They scored three goals. Two goals were in stoppage time. They scored no first-half goals. How do you win a cup 
when that when you do that. Especially when you're the team that led the league in scoring. Right. They played a team, a the hard nosed, scrappy, rough and tumble DC. They didn't like to play that way, so they played the more open Columbus, and they couldn't score again. Yep. Uh, they got two different versions of the game, and they couldn't really do anything with either of them. You know, yep. that you, that's not how you win. Yeah, especially, yeah. They had the best goal differential. They were the highest scoring team. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I I really think, at least for the first game, I really think that early goal just completely took the wind out of their sails in that first game. Like, just nine seconds in, and the way it happened, because it wasn't like it was a fluke goal. It was... Uh, ball into the box that could have been easily cleared, but it wasn't, and then they just gave up the goal. I think they kind of just took him out of the game game one. Not that is an excuse, but I think that that was the reason why. In this game, I don't know. They just had nothing. There was no, there's no excuse for it. They they weren't on a bye week. They had a whole week. They knew what was coming and just couldn't do anything better. I, I, I mean, I think this is, uh, you know, if there was one flaw with Jesse Marsh, it's that he had no experience in the playoffs, you know? And, and I... It just seemed like they took themselves out of what they did best, which is that tacky soccer. And, um, you know, that's what happens, you know. You just basically, with, uh, you know, with them not playing their game, this is what happens. You score three goals over four games. And uh, it just it hit, it bit them in the ass. So, and there you go. And, so hopefully, and man. Uh, no, go ahead. Finish yeah, up. Hopefully it's something he learns, and that's something he can take uh, into the future next year. Yeah, I, I was going to say, how many more long balls did we have to see in that last game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. that That's not the way the team plays, and it nope. was constant. It was over and over and over. Long ball, you know, going to throw up the deep ball to Bradley Wright Phillips, our lone striker, pure striker, and hopefully he gets past two defenders and scores a goal. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be the the motif for half the game. Yep. Yeah, I just, they just didn't have – I don't know. They weren't creative. Just didn't have it. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, I not that I think they would have won if they played this way, but they honestly shot themselves in the foot more than Columbus did on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, for sure. Just numerous bad passes led to counterattacks. Numerous crosses landing on heads that weren't uh, rather Phillips. And uh, until the last fifteen minutes, when they seemed to play, play more direct. Um, and mix it up a little bit. They just had nothing. And, you know, crossing the ball may work, but crossing consistently with, from the left side of the midfield, or the left side of the field isn't going to do anything because then, like, what's, you know, what's going to happen? They know what's coming. Yep. It felt like they were so nervous in the first half to give up a goal that they that's what got them out of their playing style. That's what really kind of got them out of the high press more I mean, they still played that way. Dax certainly did. Um, but it, it really just took them out of the game that they like to play because if Columbus scores, you're talking pretty much game over. Mm-hmm. And when you have that kind of advantage for Columbus, it, it's hard to do anything. It really is. It's, it's really difficult to formulate a plan uh, to try to score without giving up chances for the other team. Yep. And credit to Columbus, they didn't change their game plan. They didn't, They could have easily just sat back and bunkered in, but they went after it. If they right. had the ball, they, they went for goal. They were trying to get that, that away goal and just put the dagger in the heart. But, yeah. I mean, for whatever, they just couldn't do it. But they at least played the way they wanted to, where the Red Bulls just couldn't all game. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have on with us 
uh, from the New York Red Bulls.com, Frank Giassi. So we'll be back with more Red Bull rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome back on to the show, uh, formerly of the Star Ledger, this year with the New York Red Bulls, uh, longtime soccer writer in the New York area, Frank Giassi. Frank, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We wish it was under better circumstances, but unfortunately, I don't know where to start with uh, this past Sunday's game. Actually, the past two games. Um, we, we talked about... This team did not score a lot in the playoffs, and in fact, they scored two of their goals in uh, in stoppage time. Who do you who do you count that to more? Was it just the way Columbus played, or did something happen with the Red Bulls where they just were not able to put the ball in the net? Well, you know, here's the thing, and 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 it happens in other sports too. Uh, I think the Red Bulls were built for the regular season and not to the playoffs. And you can surprise teams in the regular season play them once, play them twice, and play that high-press style, and, you know, they have a week, maybe three or four days to get used to it, and they can't handle it. But if you get a team two, two games in a row or in a short series, you can handle it. You can, you know, shut down their key players, and that's exactly what Columbus did. So I think that's where the Rebels have to kind of address the most in the offseason, to have a team that's not only built for the regular season, the long haul, but be built for, you know, the two-game playoffs and the, uh, the sprint down the finish as well. Are you saying they're the Atlanta Braves? <laughs> I was thinking of my San Francisco Giants who won on pitching for three World Series. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Jay, you actually had a question about Salzizo. Oh, that's right. Which we were debating up and down all over the place, and I would that's like you to bring that right. up again. I forgot about that. Thank yes, you. For I did not. Told you to write it down. I should have. All right. Uh, so the first sub that was made on Sunday was um, – Gonzalo Verón came on and replaced uh, Kamar Lawrence. And personally, I didn't understand it. I thought Kamar Lawrence was the better option going forward compared to Salzizo for a fullback. Um, do you have like any idea why Jesse Marsh decided to keep with Zizzo over uh, Lawrence? Who Honestly, Lawrence has played more this year, so I think that would have been a better option too. But any idea why that change was made opposed to something else? Well, I can understand why at that point he needed to put in a forward for a defender. Now it was just a matter of which defender he wanted to take out. And I do agree with you that um, uh, Harrison Awful had a, a great series both games uh, running up and down that right side, which was the left side of the Red Bulls' defense, uh, Grella and um, Lawrence. So it, it was a little strange that he would take Lawrence off the field, uh, especially with, with Columbus attacking so much on that side. But he did have to put in an offensive option. And at the end of the game, uh, like Jesse said in the, in the post-game press conference, at the end of the game he had all three of his offensive options off the bench on the field pushing for that tying goal. So at some point you had to take a defender off, and he decided to take um, Lawrence off instead. That first half, uh, the team looked very, very – I mean, they didn't play – I don't think they played their game because I think they were worried to – give up that first goal and then be down by, you know, have to score four goals. Did you see that as well, or was it just something else where they just, just I mean, it didn't seem like they played their game uh, in both, you know, in both uh, games, home and away. 
Well, they didn't. And, and, you know, you can credit Columbus for that. I think Columbus really had a good game plan, and they took the Red Bulls right out of their game. You know, all week long, the Red Bulls talked about how the home crowd was going to kind of get them fired up to play. But that didn't happen. And like you said, you can tell right from the start, they just didn't have it. And they almost gave up a goal two minutes in um, and, and again a few minutes later. So um, they were really off their game. It was probably the two worst games of the season, and it came at the worst time of the season. That's just kind of the way it ended up. So uh, Luis Robles, before the game on Sunday, was announced as you know one of the MLS best 11. He was named goalkeeper of the year. And uh, if it wasn't for him, the Red Bulls wouldn't even have had a shot on Sunday. Um, I, obviously, he'll be coming back. But how big of an impact do you think that he had on this team, not only in the, the Columbus series and keeping them in, but in the season overall? Well, you can make an argument. He was the um, not only the Red Bulls' most valuable player, but he could have been in the, in the talks for uh, league MVP. He was that good this year. And I know he was um, in the save of the year last year, uh, but this year as goalkeeper of the year, and if you watch this team every game, there was always one point where he made a save that was just unbelievable that kept the team in the game. And that's you get that play from a goalkeeper, and that's gold throughout the whole season. So, and um, you know he only makes 151,000, so I think he's underpaid by a big time. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think anybody would argue he's underpaid or overpaid at this point. Looking forward now, I mean the, the Rebels have already declined a number of options uh, going forward. Uh, what moves can this team make to to improve, or do they even really need to improve going forward in 2016? Well, you know, the, the day after the season ended, we had the final you know press conference with Ali Curtis and Jesse Marsh, and, and they said right away that um, they were kind of sad because this was going to be the last time this group was together. Mm-hmm. And you know, they weren't kidding. That, you know, nine guys get cut the next day or so. Um, but these are things they had to do. I don't think anybody on the list of people that were contracts weren't um, picked up was any kind of surprise. And they're negotiating with three of them to come back anyway, Perinelle, Sean Wright Phillips, and, and Kyle Rainish. So the rest really didn't uh, contribute that much this year. But if you look going forward, there's only three forwards listed on the roster, the current roster. Bradley Wright Phillips, you know, Anatole Bang, and they have Mike Grella listed as a forward. Mm-hmm. And that's just not enough firepower for next year. you got to figure somebody – is coming in to beef up the forward position. And even midfield, as strong as that was this year, you got to figure that they've got to get a playmaker to come in. And this way they can put um, Sasha Klesson into more of an attacking role without having to worry about setting things up. So I think Sasha can score goals. And if he can make that key pass when he's not you know, double marked by people, um, they really need a playmaker. And I think that number 10, that's going to be what they're searching for in the offseason. What's going to be your all-time favorite Roy Miller moment? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you guys probably know I wrote a story on him uh, on the website for today. And um, I'm going to miss Roy. He was a great guy to talk to. He was always cooperative, always smiling. And throughout 99% of his career, he played very well. He had the one, uh, you know... Uh, you know, brain lapse in that one game against San Jose uh, a couple of years ago, early in the season, without the penalty kick. And uh, he did have the red card in the playoffs. But um, the guy played great. But my favorite moment was that penalty kick because I don't think he understood what was going on. But, <laughs> but he was so good. He talked to the media right afterwards, and he explained, hey, I screwed up. I didn't, I didn't know the rule, and he was great. I-, I thought the real shame was when he started to really – really turning around and find himself starting all the time, and then he got hurt. 
you know, and yeah, kind of cost him because he he really people always you know complained about him, and then he was having a great season. The last couple of years he was hurt. He had, he had um, a doctor strain, I think, at the end of one year. Then it was an Achilles problem that forced him to miss the playoffs. Uh, and then you know he hit 30 years old or so, and then a lot of these injuries caught up to him, especially this year. And with uh, Kamar Lawrence coming on, he pretty much won the position. And considering he was making a lot less money, it was really kind of a no-brainer to keep Lawrence in. And there was some talk in the middle of the season that the Red Bulls were going to trade Miller to New York City because they just have a horrendous defense. Uh, but the move never kind of came off, and um, so now Roy's a free agent, and we'll see if he stays in MLS or not. So uh, we have a listener question. Um, he, it's uh, Andrew. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to screw his name up because that's the thing. Yes. Is uh, eight, 80, 80, however you say it. Um, he asks, and you, you kind of alluded to it earlier when you talked about the three forwards. But he asks, uh, what's the most important position to shore up for the 2016 season? He he thinks it might be the right back and maybe more central midfielder. But what, what do you think? Uh, I would think central midfield. Um, you mentioned the defense, though. Uh, well, first of all, just central midfield. They really need someone in an attacking position right in the middle of the field to kind of spray the ball around. And, again, that'll put Sasha in a more attacking position. That'll put Gonzalo Verona in a more attacking position and take the pressure off those guys to be playmakers and just concentrate on being scorers. But the defense, you know, you looked at that defense this year, and you could argue that that was the strongest part of the team. And then you lose Duval with a broken leg. You lose, you know, Parnell with an ACL tear. And then, you, you know, pretty much you release, you know, Wallace and, and, um, and Miller. And now all of a sudden, um, you got to really kind of remake that back line. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in Ronald Zubar as well as he played sometimes. Um, and Carly Met didn't play that much this year, but he's going to be a big player for Canada going forward. And uh, they played him at right back in World Cup qualifying at Canada. So there's a possibility for, uh, to go back to that Zizo question, uh, where we met to possibly slip in there next season too. So you got to wonder about defense because the people that are coming back, um, two of the starters, Miazga and Lawrence, will be tied up uh, with World Cup qualifying next year, along with uh, Miazga with the Olympic qualifying as well. So um, that all of a sudden is a position to be concerned about. So uh, kind of a follow-up to that, you know, Chris Duvall, was starting right back going into the season, but then, uh, of course, he suffered that injury, and then you had Connor Layden and Sal Zizzo fill in. Do you think that there might be a preseason competition between Zizzo and Duvall for that starting right back spot? I don't think so. I, Duvall played pretty well when he was in there, uh, and Jesse Marsh really liked him a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was 100% healthy, and he should be by next season, that he would slip right back into that spot again, and uh, Zizzo would move up into a midfield spot. So next year, uh, opening game... 2016, how many of the 11 starters from this game against Columbus are starting that game? Oh, man. Yeah, see? Um, Let's not mess around here. Well, you know, I, I would I would think more than you would think. Um, you're going to have, again, I can't um, I can't uh, take into consideration international calls at the time, but if the whole team was available, right. you're going to have uh, Lawrence Miazga, probably Zubar, and Duval, McCarty and Sleepy should still be there. Obviously, Robles, Cleston, Bradley, Redfield. You have a lot of people still there. I would think Lloyd, Sam, Grella should be there. I don't know if Grella will be starting. I think by that time, Verone would be a starter at that point. Um, you might, you know, Lloyd, Sam. I'm not really sure. Uh, he's the one guy I'm really not sure about because he started the season very well and didn't finish off very well. And that one move he has of just kind of faking left and going to the right, teams figured that out pretty quickly. 
and he was pretty much neutralized by the end of the year. So it wouldn't surprise me if um, Sam was not on the team and um, and they put in that number 10 at some point and move someone else out on, on the right side. Make, that makes two of us then, I believe, with Lloyd Sam. Uh, I, I, I do want to heap a little bit of praise. Now, we, we jokingly, too, because the man scored with his face. Felipe, I thought, was extremely underrated this year. Uh, agree, disagree? Uh, yes. I think he started off very, very well. And then he had kind of a slump in the middle of the season. Then he finished up the season very well. Um, Marsh loved him when he coached him in Montreal. And he was one of the first guys uh, to bring in when he was hired here. So, um, you can, yes, Felipe was one of the more underrated players of the year. And I think he had a very- um, So, looking forward... You know, Ali Curtis is has experience with uh, MLS front office and player contracts. Um, but it, give me a second; it's kind of like a weird tangent. Anyway, so um, he, you know, he kind of has uh, inside knowledge of ways to acquire players. I mean, that's why we traded Eric Alexander and Iango to Montreal for sleeping allocation spot, which we used on uh, Sasha Kleschin, who we brought in under the DP level using allocation money. Um, Obviously, he signed uh, Gonzalo Verone, uh, which is a sign of the Red Bulls kind of scouting South America a little bit more. Um, with that, with like with all that, and then the USL side getting established, uh, it just kind of leads me to the MLS draft because this is coming up uh, in the next month. And the Red Bulls 2015 draft class, three out of the four players are not with the team right now. Um, Leo Stolz was released. Manolo Sanchez was released. Um Stefano uh, Bonomo never reported afterwards. He came for a trial midseason, but never did, didn't stick around. And Sean McClaws is the only one still on the roster. Yeah, Sean McClaws, my boy. So, kind of like to make to, to finally get to my question: Going forward, is the draft really going to be much of a priority for the Red Bulls? Well, it never has been in the past. <laughs> uh, and yet, saying that, you, you got a, a Duval, you got a Tim Ream, you got a Josie Altador in the draft. Um, you know, Tony Shani w- was an early pick. Uh, you know, they'd gotten really good pro-ready players out of the draft, and yet they really never put a whole lot of emphasis on it in the, in the former days of uh, foreign coaches and, and uh, foreign general managers. I would think that they would put a little more emphasis on it now, but they really have put a lot of uh, money toward their academy players, and you're going to see, you know, the Sean Davis playing more next year, and you're gonna, they love Tyler Adams. And he's going to be coming up. He's um, he's on the team now. He's on the full squad. So I think it's going to be less a priority on the draft unless they fall into something, and uh, more on developing the academy kids. And uh, speaking of the academy kids, um, there's a, a standout player by the name of Derek uh, Atten, or however you say his last name, uh, who played as an academy player for the USL side. Had a great season with Virginia. Do you see the Red Bulls possibly making a move to sign him? in the next few months or even like sometime the next year before school starts back up next year for him? You know, probably I would, I would think they would just to, um, to get him into the program, but, uh, you know, nothing's for sure. And I know they're going to bring in some other players. Uh, there's probably a trade or two coming up. And, uh, I would think the college draft would take uh, the lowest priority on that for, for Ali Curtis, but you, you never know. Um, this will be my last question. Uh, just overall looking back at the year, uh, with the other team, I call them the Smurfs, but we, we know, the team that plays in Yankee Stadium, uh, mm-hmm. with them coming in, with the Red Bulls winning the Supporter Shield, 
overall, um, looking at it from like a media standpoint, how successful do you think soccer was this year in the New York area? Uh, Attendance-wise, it was great. Um, on the field, it was 50%, and we know where that 50% pretty much came from. <laughs> um, you know, New York City, again, it's foreign ownership, even though the Yankees own half of that team. But the Yankees are just basically saying, you know, here's my stadium, and you run the show. And Manchester City is making every mistake the Metro Stars made, mm-hmm. bringing in older guys. And yes, they're they're good draws, uh, but they're older, and they got a bunch of young guys and a bad defense. And from what I've seen lately, about now Manchester City is looking at Josh Saunders to bring into uh, over to England. It seems like they're using their New York City FC as more of like a a second team to Manchester City than a, a full professional team in Major League Soccer. So until they get a little smarter with the salary cap, until they get a little smarter about what kind of players to bring in, they're always going to be second best in New York City and probably toward the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> so I know this is a Red Bull show, but I have to ask, um, do you think Jason Christ was kind of let go prematurely from that situation? Yeah, I didn't think he did the greatest job, but uh, the way they handled it at the end, yes. you know, And the way they uh, worded the press release, basically expecting him to win, you know, more games than an expansion team with that kind of roster should. It was um, unrealistic expectations put on Christ and the entire team that were almost impossible to meet. And he was the fall guy, uh, and they're going to bring in their foreign coach like they wanted to do from the beginning. Uh, Whose door do you think uh, Swiss officials are going to knock on next? (laughs) Well, I'm glad it's not mine. It's usually hitting everybody. <laughs> I, I'm a little anxious to see what happens here. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone left in FIFA to get arrested at this point. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of job openings at CONCACAF at this point. You're right. Well, I'm, I'm going to actually, guys, i got to go. I'm going to put out my resume here. <laughs> see what I can do. All right, so one last question, and then we'll let you go. Um, so th- this is going to be kind of a fantasy question. If you could have one player, regardless of how you you know acquire them and salary and all that stuff. But if you could have one player that you think would be probably like the best fit for this team going forward, who do you think it would be? Like a wish list? Yeah, just like just who would be the top of your wish list for this team? Wow, well, well, I, I I would love to have a Messi here. I would love to have somebody in the middle of the field who just kind of run all around. Right, okay. and, and let's, make it, let's make it more realistic then. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, re- realistically, who, who do you think would be, like, the top of the wish list? <laughs> I would love for the Red Bulls to get um, Ibrahimovic. He wins wherever he goes. I know he's not the playmaker that the team kind of really needs, but you pair him up with Bradley Wright Phillips up front, and I think this could be an unbeatable team in Major League Soccer. I'll take it. <laughs> what about Xavi Alonso? Boom, there you go. Pay him a billion dollars, get him in here. Uh, I would have no problem with that. So you could sit in the middle and spray passes around to the forwards. And, and again, you put Sasha and Barone uh, in the attacking position. That sounds perfect to me. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> oh, Jay's asking me to wrap it up. Um, so, well, again, we want to thank you for coming on. You came on, I think, the beginning of the year. And now you're here at our, our season wrap-up. Uh, congratulations on your YouTube debut on Seeing Red, I believe. <laughs> that was the other day. I had a good time with those guys. And, uh, always awesome. Let me ask you guys something. You're going to be at the party on Wednesday at Legends in New York. I will be working. I will be at the ESC Christmas party at Legends in New York. Yeah, I, I might take the trip in. We'll see. That's that's uh, a long, well, I'll be that's, there. 
It's a long trip from I'll Maryland. So uh, come on over and say hello. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Frank, thank you again for coming on. We always appreciate it, and I have a feeling we'll we'll see you next year, maybe around uh, draft time or March. Um, sounds good. I'll be here. Thanks. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, You're Frank. Welcome. Bye. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. Once again, I want to thank uh, Frank for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Frank Giassi. Uh, so season wrap-up stuff. We're going to just go real quick through some news. Then we'll got some listener emails. Um, MLS Best 11 was announced before, during the halftime of the FC Dallas match on Sunday. And uh, the Red Bulls have Luis Robles and Dax McCarty as two members of the Best 11. So congrats to those two. Um, Jesse Marsh was named Coach of the Year. I think it was like Tuesday last week, so it was after we recorded. Called it! Um, <laughs> I don't remember if we mentioned this or not, but Luis Robles, Goalkeeper of the Year. We did, because then I said okay. we're going to have two awards, and I was right. Oh, that's right. You know what it was? I, it wasn't in the notes from last week, so I don't, didn't remember. There you go. Right, so now, since the season is actually over, starting to go through player movement, so first thing is... Declining contract options because I think the re-entry draft is Monday or Tuesday because why wait? Uh, so the Red Bulls did not pick up options on nine different players, three of which they are in talks with for a possible new contract already, uh, according to their press release. So this is not like a leak or anything. So the six players that will not that are currently not being talked to are Roy Miller, the longest uh, tenured Red Bull is now no longer part of the team. Bye bye. Um, Anthony Wallace, who was signed this year after Kamar Lawrence had to go into international duty, and they're like, oh, shit, we need someone that's not Roy Miller or Kamar Lawrence to play left back. Goal-scoring machine, Anthony Wallace. Um, Leo Stolz, the, the first-round draft pick that went down to USL and is now gone. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Manolo Sanchez, who, if I remember correctly, I think this was the well, – maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember how we got him, but he's he was in USL this year, so he's gone. Uh, Marius Obokop is also gone. He, yeah. played most, he played most of the year in USL. Uh, Dane Richards, who was who was re-signed by the team this year and then loaned out to the Indy 11, uh, is gone. Remember and him, now, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> so now these three next three players, uh, options are declined, but the team is talking to them, so most likely they'll be back unless there's some issue with money. Uh, Damien Perrinel, who was injured in the DC series. He's coming back. Yeah, he's yeah, coming probably. back. It's, it's probably... 100%. That that that's a contract restructuring because of the injury. Honestly, that's oh, just what sure. it is. Uh, Sean Ray Phillips, presumably it's because they want to pay him less money, and uh, Kyle Rainish, who was the backup goalkeeper, which we can speculate probably that if he is in talks to come back and does come back, then most likely Ryan Merritt is probably out of the Red Bulls next year since they have uh, Santiago Castano as the third goalkeeper right now. Oh yeah. Merritt deserves a starting job somewhere. Uh, I know he had injuries fine. this year, but, you know, I think he should be a starter on some team. Oh, yeah, sure. but most likely they'll shot Merritt around for something because I imagine with the injury history and Castano younger, they're going to say higher upside versus injury history and go that way. Right. Um, so let's talk – let's use our list mail, and we're going to use that to kind of frame our discussion of the season as a whole. 
So first we have uh, Jeremiah from Brooklyn, and he says, you know we're going to see some off-season moves that will come out of the blue. It's part and parcel with the territory. Who do you think is going to be this season's shock move off the roster? Conversely, who would you choose to go with if we had to lose a starter slash regular? So we'll do the who do you think is going to be the shock release of the year, I guess would be the way to say it. Uh, I think, I mean, I, I think we could, I mean, I said it earlier in the season, with Verone now in the roster, I think it's very possible we won't see uh, either Grella or Sam could be gone because I just don't know how you keep three starting caliber uh, wings out there. Um, you know, and especially considering his uh, performance in the in the playoffs, I'm going to go with uh, Grella. I think we could see him gone. And to be different, I'll go on the other side and say Lloyd Sam pretty much for the same reason yeah. of having Verone on the team. Someone's going to go. Some Somebody. Someone mm-hmm. is moving because Verone – I, I, you have to almost lock up that he's going to be a starter next year. He's not going to be another bench guy. It's, it's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be Lloyd Sam to be different. I think it would be, I think Grella would be the first choice to go. But like I said, Pat's going to say Grella. I'll say Lloyd Sam. Uh, Lloyd Sam is an awesome, awesome person. I don't want to see him go. Just, just want to clear that up. Yeah. So I would have said Zizzo, but he can play defensive back, which is a or fullback, so that's a good thing considering Chris Duvall's coming off an injury. So my guess would be Grella. Um, there, unfortunately, there is a reason that he did not stick with any team before the Red Bulls. So you have to assume that that's going to play a factor to what's going to happen in the offseason. Um, so now if we had to choose a starter to lose or a regular uh, player, who would it be? Our choice to get rid of somebody? Yeah, so this so the question was if you starter. Had to, if, if who would you choose if you had to lose a starter slash regular? Uh, I'm I'm I don't want to lose anybody. I'm just gonna say Sasha <laughs> because there's no way I'm gonna say Felipe because he's he's our favorite player. <laughs> he's the official favorite player of of this podcast. So I'm just gonna say Sasha Clayton. I'm going to go really crazy. I think go for a shocker. I'm going to say Bradley Ray Phillips. Oh, um, <laughs> daddy. You know, and it's not because I don't think he's good. I think he's had a very good season. Um, you know, it's just he is getting older. Um, he's not automatic. He, he's a very, very good player. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the 20 girl scorers in this league, um, there's an opportunity to upgrade there. And if we're talking about, you know, where, where, where are we going to get bit in the ass in the next couple of years? It's going to be positions where guys are older. So uh, as crazy as it is, yeah, that's where I would, that's who I would try and replace and uh, choose to get rid of. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going wackadoodle here. All right. I'm going to kind of give two answers. One is my choice. And what I, th- and one is what I think will happen. Uh, my choice is Felipe. Boo. Boo this man. Hey, hey. Listen, Boo. He was- it's because you didn't get a picture with him, isn't it? That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, but no, I mean, we have Sean Davis on, you know, in waiting. He showed well during the year when he had to fill in. Um, Felipe is only 25, but Davis is younger and seems to have a, a very good potential. Um, what I think might happen, though, and I know some people have speculated this already, is I think Dax McCarty might be gone. Nope. Nah. You're, you're completely wrong. I, I don't even know why you would say that. That's the most wrongest thing you've ever said. That, that's like telling a child that Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> so here's the, my reasoning. One year left on his contract, which they just picked up, 
he's going to be a free agent next year, which in in MLS terms, quote, free agent is really a, a max cap on what he could get. But if he decides he doesn't want to stay in New York, <laughs> I, said, I said if, I said if, if he decides he doesn't want to stay in New York, why wouldn't you get rid of him now? And I say now, I say now in general term, not necessarily like right today. I mean now isn't like some point before the trade deadline when you could get something of value for him. Well, congrats on being insane. Yeah, well, he's never leaving New York. Never. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next question. Uh, this is for, or, this is not a question, but it's a comment uh, from Arbor, aka Yonkers Ultra. Ooh. He says this was a successful season considering everything that went on. However, isn't it sad to note that the manager who has taken us the farthest is Juan Carlos Osorio? Very sad. <laughs> this team bled for their coach, each other, and the fans. They showed heart and grit, but there is still pain. Let it sting. Hopefully the team becomes stronger and better. By the way, F Columbus, go Portland. I'm going to tell him why he's wrong on that last sentence. Do you really want Portland fans and Don Garber celebrating a title <laughs> would you rather have columbus winning the team that beat us uh who we have no real hardcore rivalry with let's face it uh, a team that's been there done that well we know because they beat us um or do you want those hipster doofuses in portland who the league loves to worship win a title no a thank you uh, i'm okay with portland i mean they're they're you know they're they're, they're seattle junior and hipsters drink good beer so uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the IPA loving beardies. So am I? Am I hipster because I'm right now drinking like an Irish coffee stout? Nah, it has to be IPA PBR. Oh well, okay. Um, <laughs> I find it funny that Portland wanted to take Timber, Joey, Chainsaw, and the Log, and then they got shut down. Yeah, oh, that, that shocking. Was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We want to make a, a way stadium our home stadium. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so good on MLS and I guess Columbus first. Putting the kibosh on that real quick. Well, that's going to happen everywhere. I wouldn't expect us to bring, uh, you know, hey, we always have a live bull at our game. We're going to bring him <laughs> well, to Columbus, you know? We're going to bring you know him. What I'm he's, saying? he's going to gore Kai Kamara. No big deal. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm surprised that MLS is okay with the guy walking around with a chainsaw or on the field. All right, let me explain the chainsaw to you real quick. He has two chainsaws. One chainsaw cuts the wood, then it goes down. He then can walk around in the seats with a chainsaw that does not have blades on it or teeth since it's a chainsaw. Mm. So he has the te- the toothless chainsaw, which is just there to make noise. And then he has the one where he actually cuts uh, the lumber on. That I don't know. Yeah, see? You learn something new every day. Yeah, man. Portland people don't sound so tough anymore. I met I met Big Burly uh, Timber Joey. He's, he's a nice guy. Isn't he what, like your Instagram picture or something? He is my picture on Instagram. <laughs> and yet you don't want him to win. No, I don't. The, you know, the only reason I would want them to win was to really ruin it for Seattle. Like, that would be hilarious to ruin Seattle's day. See, I'm okay. See, that, funny. I, I think that's what I'm rooting for. Like, I, like, Seattle would be so mad about it, you know? And I would love to see that. They would be miserable. Really, it's, it's really, I just don't want Don Garber to be happy. That's my whole thing. Because then they'll be like, see, our expansion teams are winning titles, guys. Let's get that Miami team in as quickly as possible. Well, I was just about to say, he's already got that. uh, That's a real stick in his craw, I guess, right now. Another stadium deal falling through. Just, can we get Beckham just somewhere else? (laughs) Send him somewhere where they actually have, like, a chance to build a stadium like Sacramento. That's where he should go. 
Sacramento. Just just Sacramento. tack his, just tack his name onto LAFC. You're good. Hey, bingo. There you go. Problem solved. And you know what? Just make his name bigger than anybody else's on the on whatever board you have that lists the like fifty plus owners of the team. Look, no one is going to care about a team in Miami. <laughs> Nobody. No one. No one. We'll see. No one. Please, they don't even care about the teams they have now. They folded a team in Miami. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the NFL gave a special compensation to Miami for the local blackout stuff. Yeah, because they don't like Dolphins games. They didn't like the Heat until LeBron got there. And the Marlins games, they sell out every night. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's let's Moving talk on. about third our third email. This is probably the most impressive question we got. So this is from Scott. A genie appears out of an empty can of cranbull, uh, cranberry Red Bull and says, quote, I grant you three wishes for the New York Red Bulls offseason. What do you wish for? And, and he says, thanks for everything this season, guys. So oh, you're welcome, for, Scott. Thank you for this little suck-up thing. Yeah, <laughs> quite welcome. Anytime. We'll take sucking up. We, you know, I'm down with that. So three wishes. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to do three individually or one, one each. I could well. I, I have two right now in my head. Okay. Right now. All right. So we'll, we'll try. We'll try, we'll try for three. So Truman, you go first. What are you? Okay. What are yours? Number one. Uh, since the team is probably is going to keep BWP, I want a very very good second option up top striker. They're clearly not going to play uh, a four four two, but I would definitely like another quality guy besides Abang up there. I, I think that is something that they're missing because when BWP goes cold, it gets tough for the rest of the team to pick up the offense. Yeah, I, have a, I, have a, I have a solution, a little bit of a solution, but this will require probably one of Felipe or Dax to sit. Miroslav Klose? No. 80-year-old Miroslav? No. Car- Carlos Vea? If they, if, if they want to keep the guys they have on the team, make Mike Grella a forward because he's already listed as one. You might as well use him that way. I'm going to say this again. I want a quality top <laughs> skull score. Well, that's okay. So mine assumes that you can't get a quality guy. So and you're going to find if that's the case, you're going to find like some 34 year old who's willing to not be a starter, or use some of that sweet, sweet targeted allocation money. Targeted allocation money. All right. So that, that's, that's, that's my first. Why don't you guys go with one, and then we'll come back so we can rotate around. Uh, all right. Um, I actually thought about this earlier. Uh, a long-term option alongside Matt Miazga, uh, especially since Matt Miazga will probably be gone after next year. So that's that's my big wish. And uh, you know who's uh, apparently been transfer listed? That would be um, what's his name, Ventura Alvarado, U.S. national team guy. I mean, he hasn't been the greatest for his uh, country, but I think he'd be perfectly fine in uh, MLS. All right, mine's mine's not a on. It's a sort of on-field thing, but it's not really. And it's something that's been asked for before. And it, and this is only because I think it would be cool. I know it's not going to happen. But a red jersey would be nice. <laughs> we had one. I, I would want it back. <laughs> I want it back. All right. So, Truman, you're up again. What's your second wish? I want everything in front of Red Bull Arena to get finished because I want more bars and restaurants and options of places to go closer to the stadium. Amen to that. Walking from Newark, which is a fun walk when you do the walk with all the fans and you know, the supporters. It's a good time. But uh, I would definitely look like more options. Because, listen, when you go to the parking lot and if you tailgate, you know, yeah, you're going to hang out and do some tailgating. But if you're not eating food there, basically from there to the stadium, it's five guys or Dunkin' Donuts. 
<laughs> that's it. That's that's your really two options towards the stadium. Hey, five guys ain't so bad. No, have you seen the inside of that place before a game? Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, <laughs> it's it's insanity. That's why I grill pat burgers. You know, if I so, if I grill, yeah. So, yeah, I would like to see uh, those apartments and buildings get finished, and I want to see stuff going in there. Uh, my next genie wish would be, I guess, bring us Carlos Vea. Then, uh, you know, thanks for everything, BWP, but uh, we might have to trade you if we get Carlos Vea. So, because uh, I feel like he'd be a bit more automatic at that striker position. And uh, that would be the next upgrade wish, so to speak. All right, my, my second wish is going to be kind of USL-focused. A permanent solution to a stadium for them. Oh, you kind you kind of going to steal one of mine. That was kind of mine, but so they're they're I think going back to Red Bull Arena next year, but they were splitting time between Red Bull Arena, Columbia, which was a whole mess apparently, and um, what was it? The, the training facility. So just pick something, preferably. I know I'm not going to be there, but preferably something with some public transit close by, so you can get more people there on game day. But something more permanent for the team. Um, and I, I mentioned this, and I'm not, I, I am not saying that the Rebels need to be this bad with it, but, and Truman's going to hate it, but Philadelphia's USL team is going to be playing in Bethlehem. I don't know where in Bethlehem. I think it's stadium. Okay. But, so they're going to have a place that's actually, even though they don't own it, it's their quote own. Like, we kind of need that. And I think it, I don't think it should be Red Bull Arena going forward. Only because that place is big. You're not going to sell out. You're not even going to sell out the, the bottom for at least five years. So find someplace small. Even if you have to build it, find someplace small. Give yourself a nice, cozy home. I got I got, I got an idea for you. Newark I, Bears Stadium. Yep, you stole the words right uh, out of my mouth. <laughs> Boom. That would be a perfect solution. Yep, we talked about that, actually, after the game. A bunch yeah. of us. Uh, nobody I, I think you'd have, to renovate, you'd, you'd have to renovate a little bit where you can get some seats in the outfield, but it's doable. Yeah. And, you, and we also mentioned that's where you put Sky Blue. Yeah, that would be a good idea, too. Well, there's a whole brand. Uh, apparently, when they were in talks, I guess a year or two ago, there was Red Bull One and their branding associated, and Red Bull uh, Sky Blue was like, no, thank you. And so, apparently, that was going to happen. But anyway, so was that your third wish then, Truman? I mean, it pretty much was going to be. Uh, no, actually, my, my next, uh, my final wish is for the schedule to be very friendly for me to schedule another great Forza Lucha. So you got to give me a good date uh, where nothing else is going on. Uh, nice weather, not 400 degrees out, uh, and and I guess a uh, perhaps a new venue. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, final genie wish. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess just give me just give me another DP. You know, improve some position. Just you know, and I've pretty much talked about another bit positions, but. Just improve a position and uh, make me happy. And so that way we know we're, like, even better next year. And my wish, and this is going to sound kind of stupid, but there's a reason for it. No more if, refs? No. Because uh, you, need, you need refs, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but if... Okay, I have I have a mini wish, but this is that's, that'll come in a minute. Um, if, you're, if you have to do it because interest is there, and as much as this would hurt... Sell me Osgett and Lawrence and whoever else before the season starts, just so we don't have to deal with them leaving in the middle of the year. Yeah. Well, I think I think Lawrence is on a three-year contract. Did I see yes, that? Yes. That's so Lawrence's thing. Apparently, his club of Jamaica, which was Harborview, I think it was Harborview USC, uh, kind of leaked that he was on a three-year deal. Um, oh, okay. So, so he, I don't know if that started this year or if that was 
or if it starts next season, but he's on a three-year deal. So, but that way he still has – he's here through 2017. So he, 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 yes. he's not as bad. But uh, Miazga, yeah, that's that's going to be a tricky uh, Actually, I, just, I thought of a second, like, mini – all right, so I have, t- I have two more mini wishes now. Um, one, please, for the love of God, MLS, stop letting Simon Borg do instant replay. <laughs> The the concept of the video was fine. His delivery is terrible. And the second mini-wish, please do not let Copa America and all the other summer crap hurt us next year. Yeah. Because it looks like Jamaica's going to be in, which means Lawrence is going to play. We'll probably, if Miyazaki's still with us, he'll probably be with the U.S. Um, We'll go to Roy Miller because he's gone, but... You know, it's just those those little those guys that just I know it's only one or two, but those guys missing is a big impact. So, all right. Um, so we have a little bit of time left. Let's do do this. Um, a quick like minute uh, from each of us on what they think of the season. Starting so, with me, because Pat's clanging and banging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and banging. Uh. Listen, what, what can you say? As heartbreaking it was to lose, this was another great season. It was extremely successful considering this team was picked by everybody to do all of squad douche to probably not make the playoffs uh, from the stupid, dumb first town hall of people acting like animals. Uh, I think they shut a lot of them up. Um, it, it was been a very, very crazy year, but to go from... Twitter and everybody messaging each other about Mike Pecky getting fired to lifting a supporter shield is pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's two supporter shields in three years, at, you know, in two conference finals in two years. And the expectations are definitely going to be high for next year after this. Um, but I can't complain. I really can't. It was a, it was a great ride. Uh, we slapped around the Smurfs, which was awesome. We slapped around DC the entire season and mm-hmm. season, which is just wonderful. Uh, we beat Philly twice. Yep. You know, that's always good. So, hey, we won in Chicago. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, we not only did we win in Chicago, but we clinched the supporter shield in Chicago. Not, not many demons left to exercise. No. You know, we you beat you knocked DC out of the playoffs. You know, second year in a row. There's just so, there's a lot of stuff to talk about that was positive, and really the only thing that sucks is that the season's over. But the mm-hmm. positive thing is that this the draft is what next month. Yeah, January fourteenth. So boom. I mean, we're gonna get right back into it, guys. We're gonna have a draft in a month, and then we take about uh, you know a little month and a half off, and then we get ready for preseason. So it'll, it, we're gonna be back before you know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. In the end, it was a great season overall. It, it ended, it ended shittily, but in the end, you know, you, you got to be happy with another supporter shield. You, you know, hopefully, uh, the Red Bulls will play starters in the, you know, Champions League next year and coast through that. Hopefully, um, yeah. There's a lot of bright, there's a lot of bright, uh, bright skies ahead, and uh, you know, it, it's. You can't really complain, especially since what? I mean, not many supporter shield winners have made the final since it went to a two, two player format anyway. So I guess next year, just, um, hope we come in second or third place. <coughs> so hang in that. there, Pat. Hang in. Hang Don't in. Get there. emotional on it. Yeah. Second or third place. And, uh, maybe we can actually get the win- MLS cup because, uh, you know, like I just said during Truman's rant, there's not much left that the Red Bulls haven't done yet. So. 
the path is bright and the future is bright as well. Hey, can we add another quick wish of uh, finishing that path station sooner than later? Yeah. <laughs> I know that won't be done in the off season, but why don't we get a move on that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think at the beginning of the year when we did our preview, I said that we were going to make the playoffs, but be like the fifth or sixth seed. So to go through a kind of a mini rebuild and put a new system in place, new coach, new front office to come out of that and not only do very well, but win the supporter shield, I think exceeded expectations. Uh, yes, it sucks that we lost in the uh, finals or the, the Eastern conference finals and don't get a shot at MLS cup. But uh, unfortunately it's kind of the nature of the playoffs where it's the, the team that, that plays better in the short term, not the team that's better over the long term. It's just the nature of the, the beast in that case. Mm. Uh, we took the, Open Cup seriously, even if we did lose to Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> I know, I know you don't like that, but we took the Open Cup seriously, which gives me, which makes me think they're going to take CCL seriously. Um, we have a USL side, so we have an actual reserve team now. It's kind of nice. And the, vu- the future, I think the next three to five years looks much better than it did when Red Bull Arena opened. Yep, definitely. It's become a team, uh, a team, period. It- mm-hmm. It's not a team of a couple DPs and filling what we can. And we, we said it during the year that this might be the best team up and down they've put together. And we're all hoping that it just it just gets better and better every year. And with Ali, and it seems like Ali Curtis, since he worked in MLS front office, knows what he's doing with the roster stuff. So that that's a very promising sign going forward. Um, all right. Any last thoughts before we get out of here for, for the last time of the year? Uh, happy holidays, Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and uh, I don't know. Are there any holidays going else? Happy New, New Year. Year, Happy New Year, Festivus. Uh, yeah, Festivus. Oh my God, how could I forget? Happy yeah. Festivus, everybody. I guess it's not really Happy Festivus. Like it's yeah. just like Festivus. Yeah. And uh, I guess I'll see some of you at the uh, ESC Christmas party. Right? I know someone out there is listening. Will be there, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll be there. Pat, you got anything else to now? Nah, yeah, it's uh, I won't be watching the final. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't be either. I think I'm playing Fallout Four. Yeah. <laughs> after after the Jets Giants game, I don't think I'm playing Fallout Four. Yeah, I, I might. Maybe I'll have it on. Maybe. Yeah, I, I got to photograph a uh, child's one year old birthday party, so I probably won't be paying any attention to it. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I get paid, so. All right, so for the last time of the year, you can visit us at onesemetro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Support us by going to patreon.com slash red bull rant and supporting the show. You can email us at redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us at 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash red bull rant. At red bull rant on Twitter for the show. At doc the stooge for myself. At pmacda2 for Pat. At the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. And uh, we won't be back until 2016 unless something very, very drastic happens. Unless we get arrested with the other FIFA officials. I think that's what's well, that's true. If we get arrested with the other FIFA officials, we're not going to be talking. So yeah. We'll podcast from jail. Yeah, Seth, Seth, Seth Bladder once gave me a stick of gum. I don't know if that's like... Maybe uh, maybe get Jack, Jack You just Warner took a to... bribe. You took a bribe, Pat. That's <laughs> a bribe. Did. Maybe we get Jack, to get Jack Warner to, or whoever it was. God damn, I can't remember who it was. Jack, was it Jack Warner that went that attacked? Uh, it was Jack Warner had his own TV show. 
for yeah. TV. Are you, trying, are you trying to talk about John Oliver? Yeah, that that whole situation. I think that was Warner. I don't remember. Yeah, John Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Jack Warner will talk for us. But anyway, I'm gonna punch this clipboard guy, board guard guy in the face. Boom! Oh, I punched him in the gut. All right, we'll let pack it back to GTA Five for Pat Truman and myself. This has been episode number 171 of Rebel Rant, and it's the last one of 2015. Thank you guys for tuning in all year long. We'll see you in 2016. Peace out. Late.